Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another Reach Markets Meet the CEO session. My name is Warwick Lace. I'm the Head of Invest Relations at Reach Markets, and I'll be facilitating the session for you today. The purpose of these Meet the CEO webcasts is to give you, the investor, direct access to companies that you may be considering investing in. So we invite CEOs on here to tell their story and to give you the opportunity to ask them questions about their companies. Uh, we host the session every alternate Wednesday at the same time, 12 o'clock, uh, with three new companies presenting each week. Advice or information in today's presentation is general in nature and does not consider your personal circumstances. You need to consider for yourself whether it is appropriate for you. Gary is the Managing Director of Sequoia Financial Group, uh, an integrated financial services group uh, servicing sort of a wide segment really of the uh, the, the financial services market. Um, Gary, looks like a, a strong period of growth for you guys and um, yeah, looking to uh, looking to get an update from you. Thank you very much, Warwick. And um, I will try and get us back on time. Um, I see we're about 15 minutes over time, so I'll I will try and um, keep my message quite simple. My my major goal today is to basically um, introduce Sequoia um, so that when you're adding the stock to your watch list, you can actually understand what it is we do. And um, Warren Buffett is obviously one of my uh, heroes and he suggests if you don't understand the company you shouldn't invest in the company. So my, my goal today is to is to give an understanding of the company um, that we we have set up and you know then hopefully um, those who, who do make an investment follow the um, the Buffett principle and hold that investment forever. What I, what I'd like to do is, is talk about um, the structural industry change that is occurring at the moment in financial services. Um, if, if we go back in time, um, so if we go back 40 years, um, what what was taking place at that time was um, the advisors in the industry were basically agents of the insurance company, or they were employees of a bank and or a product manufacturer. Um, and what, what that what that meant is that there was um, no impartiality, um, very uh, you know a, a real lack of independence in the advice process and the advisor or the employee simply distributed products of, um, of that institution. In 2000, um, what, what took place was a, a major change and the Australian Financial Services Licence Regime um, commenced and what we saw was that those manufacturers and those insurance companies um, are very aggressively bought um, distribution um, almost every bank, um, almost every insurer, and almost every product manufacturer um, was um, the owner of distribution channels. There was some, like um, like we owned, um, there was some distribution channels of advisors that um, were not owned by a bank, but they were absolutely in the minority. And in December 2017, um, the Royal Commission um, was sanctioned by um, the the, the um, government, and that was looking to have a look at um, the industry and make inquiries about um, the faults and and so on. And and the major change that came from that is really what I'm talking about today. And we are seeing a massive industry structural change between the advice um, where it's coming from and where it's going to. Um, 
So what what distribution, as I see it, is is the gatekeeper of, of the wealth industry, and and that's what we service. So Sequoia, um, as a company, is all about providing services to the gatekeeper. And and just quickly, as I touched on before, the, the gatekeeper is is five parties. Um, first of all, it's the advisor um, themselves. So it's the financial planner, the life insurance broker, the stock broker. Um, the person who's interacting with the client um, who's needing some advice. And, and that's the major um, part of our business. We're providing services to that party, being, being the advisor. The, the, the second um, part of our business is that we also provide services to other license holders. So whilst, whilst our core business is to provide licensing, um, we also provide a whole range of other services that other license holders um, can use. We also provide services to accountancy practices and tax agents and currently we provide some level of service to around about 2,000 um, accountancy firms and, and tax agents of the 10,000 accountancy practice and tax agents in the industry. So it's a very big part um, of our offering and that's providing you know, advice and services to that particular market. We also look to service um, the gatekeeper who is a sophisticated and wholesale investor themselves and, and that's the party who's, who's of a, an importance where they actually can understand and they're self-directed and they're not looking to an appointed advisor but they, they are looking to seek services and um, opportunities in the market and we're, we're certainly looking to support them. We currently have $5 billion of funds under management across the network and many of those um, investors sit in that pool. And, and finally, um, a growth area for us is um, providing um, services to legal firms, superannuation funds and fund managers. And other than providing the licensing, um, our success will be measured on the number of advisors we provide that, you know, the services to, as well as the, um, the, the take-up of the, uh, the various services that we provide to them. And this, this slide talks about what those services are. So in, in the middle, we have you know, the core function, and that is the, the advisor themselves. So currently we have 405 advisors that we provide licensing to, the 2,000 accountancy practices that we touch, and another 50 AFSL holders that we provide a service to. And the spoke model um, around the outside talks about um, how, how we provide those services. Um, the direct equity clearing services in our equity markets area is um, a business very much like Pershing and what we do is we provide the, the back office clearing so stockbrokers, financial planners and advisors can execute their trades in the market and, and clear the trade back to the ASX. Um, our business there is um, Morrison Securities and we, we invested heavily in that business um, two years ago when we um, had a review of the, um, the, the business that we were doing um, and what we wanted to do was build out strong capability so that we could service um, a greater share of the market than we were then. Um, our, over the last 12 months, the volume of trades that that particular business is doing has gone up 300% and the Morrison's business is, is benefiting from um, a lot more equity trading in the market generally, but more so we are benefiting from more financial services licences 
more fund managers, more superannuation funds and more advisors putting their clients onto our platform and using our trading technology to, to deliver. We use two trading technologies. We have one where we own and that's a business called Borstata that's been around for a very long time. But more, um, more of our clients use Iris and we, um, we have a relationship with Iris where we on-sell that trading technology to the clients that want to use our platform. The, the professional services area is an area, again, where advisors and particular accountants are looking to um, access that. And we're looking to provide them um, outsourcing services mm -hmm. so that they can offer their client base um, a lower cost um, service, but at a high premium level. Um, the the self-managed super fund administration business is um, is basically currently servicing about 2,000 funds and we provide all of the service. So we provide the actuarial certificate, we do the full administration with Class Super or whichever provider the financial planner or the accountant prefers us to use and, and we do all of the work in Australia. So a lot of the outsourced providers um, are doing um, work offshore and a lot of the accounting industry and the public are, are not so comfortable with that. We have um, a full team in, in Melbourne and Sydney and we're doing that administration in-house to the, to the industry. Legal documents as well, so setting up an accountancy practice who has clients that's looking to set up a company, a trust or a super fund um, uses us. We have um, technology that allows them to, to buy that product online instantly and then sell that to their clients. So we're a technology business that set up companies, trusts and super funds. Our core relationship with us is with the National Tax and Accountancy Association. So we run the, the website ntaacorporate.com.au. But we've also got another business that white labels that opportunity for financial planning groups and other parties, um, law legal practices who want us to provide the technology solution for their client base with their legal document and that, that business call is called Doc Centre. The, the general insurance business that we run, again, is, is all about providing a service to the advisor and the gatekeeper and we've set up a general insurance business that provides the professional indemnity insurance, the directors and officers insurance, primarily for the accounting and financial planning industry and that allows us to touch more and more of those accountants but provide them some value add by, by saving them some money on their general insurance, but more importantly, the purpose of it is to um, introduce our services to them um, across the, the, the broader range. Um, and each one of these 11 spokes um, is independently operated, and each one of these 11 spokes is profitable in its own right. Moving to the direct business, we, we, we've um, made a decision that we don't um, do anything more than provide advice and services, but we do have some arrangements with the with the, the major international banks where we can create specialist investments. So we don't manufacture any product. In fact, we're um, of the belief that the, the old model that I was talking about before the Royal Commission is a flawed model and Australians want to get advice from somebody who's impartial to the product. Um, however, um, a lot of sophisticated investors a lot of financial planners and a lot of accountancy practices have clients who are looking for specialist type investments 
and we have a means of working closely with the international banks to to create um, bespoke offerings. Um, on, the, on the media side, what we do is we own a business called Financial News Network. Um, that, that primarily is an educational um, website for the industry. We do morning news, lunchtime news and evening news. And we also interview ASX public companies on a regular basis about their business and fund managers. So what, what the advisors and the gatekeepers get as a benefit from that is it's a resource for information about, um, about the, the market on a regular basis and they can offer that to their clients at no cost but it's also an, an educational resource in respect to what the fund managers are thinking and we're interviewing different fund managers every day and we have um, a whole range of um, fund managers there and we're hoping to get, to get our full recommended list of approved fund managers using that particular service so the advisor base um, can think, can have a look at and they can show their clients what the fund manager is thinking at any given time about markets in all asset classes. And, and, our, and our core business, being the wealth business, is, is, the, is the major part of our business. Um, so licensing, um, we provide licensing currently through three AFSLs. The, the first AFSL is primarily a financial planning and accountant AFSLs, and that's a business called Interprec. Financial planning that's been around since um, 2000, um, when the changes came in, came from um, moving away from bank-owned licences to um, independently owned licences. So we set up that business then, and that's that's grown um, to be the core offering. We have Sequoia Wealth Management, which is where we house some direct equity advisors, and we have Libertas Financial Planning, which again is a a license quite similar to Interprac, but, but it's not for accountants. We have 405 advisors in, in the licensing arm, and that, that, that drives um, business to all the other businesses, but in addition to all of those other businesses dealing directly with other AFSL holders. But it certainly provides the funding for um, us to have the ability to, to use those services. Um, corporate, we have um, six six um, corporate advisors and they're, they're looking to bring IPOs to market, do capital raisings for listed, unlisted investments and do mergers and acquisitions. Um, as an example of that, we have one listing tomorrow that um, Sequoia Corporate was the, the corporate advisor to. Um, that's the North Stall Resources um, IPO. The code is NSM and that will list tomorrow at 11.30. We raised $20 million um, for a $60 million IPO um, tomorrow, but that's an example of the type of thing that we're doing. And we put that out to our advisors and gatekeepers first. The general public um, obviously looks to apply, but we, we're giving preference and priority to um, those that do business with us. In that particular case, um, not too much went outside of our network. Um, on, on the research side, we also provide services. We own a business called the yieldreport.com.au which is um, providing um, information about term deposits, bonds, ETFs in the cash market. That's a resource for the public to find to know about us, but more importantly, it's a resource for our financial planners to know um, on a daily basis what the cash rates are for, for all of the providers, what the term deposits are for all of the providers, so they can provide that, that level of advice and service to their client base. 
We also um, have Morningstar, Lonsec and SQM research that we provide to all of the advisors through that research area. And we have our own internal ASX research, um, research people. Just, just looking at what all that means um, in respect to financial performance, um, we did the review basically in line with the Royal Commission period. So the Royal Commission um, concluded in February 2019, so almost at the, um, the end of the first half uh, in the uh, 2019 year. And we, we did a strategic review to have a look at all of our businesses and decide what was our, our major purpose in life and what we were going to become. And we decided at that time that we wanted to build scale for um, the opportunities to service the 25,000 advisors that are in the market that are serving 12 million clients um, across the market. So, you know, there's 12 million working Australians, um, there's 25,000 um, current advisors, and we recognise that um, with, with the banks and with the insurance companies needing to focus on product, the groups or a number of groups like us needed to emerge to provide the services to those advisors who wanted to move away from those banks and um, product manufacturers and, and move into a license that could provide them a whole range of services, but most importantly could provide them the, the compliance and um, support that they needed so that they can offer their services to a client at a reasonable cost. Um, the, the Royal Commission caused a lot of um, angst in the community and in our opinion, um, like so many industries, there's, you know, there's premium providers. So if you think of um, fast food, you, you think of you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken, McDonald's, Hungry Jacks. If you think of um, financial planning advisors, at present there is no premium provider. And our goal is over the next four to five years is to change that. Um, th this industry has really only recommenced in November 2018 after the, the Royal Commission and there's a real opportunity for three or four providers in our opinion to own the premium advice space and that is what we're looking to do. Um, and we built um, and invested heavily to, um, to create that opportunity and our financials um, in the build period um, struggled. Um, but we're now seeing some of the benefits come from that. So in, in 2019, we basically broke even on an operating profit level. In the second half, we, we moved up to, to almost $1 million of operating profit. Um, and then in 2020, the numbers we've just reported were far stronger. Um, we, we had a $1.4 million operating profit in the first half of 2020. And then in the second half of 2020, that grew to 3.4 million. Um, I must say that the second half results in our industry um, with superannuation um, contributions, you know, towards the end of June and so on, is always stronger than the first half. Um, but clearly, um, the numbers that we are generating now um, are showing that we're moving in the right direction, and we've moved from a business that was um, struggling a little bit, needed a review and is now starting to generate the sort of returns that we would um, expect it to return. Um, we have $84.5 million of revenue in 2020, and as I touched on, 
we generated operating profit of 4.84 million. That was a 15.4% on our 31.1 million of equity. And at the start of the period 2019-2020, we, we told the market that our goal was to get towards 15% on our um, equity in an operating profit. We did that and now we're looking to move you know, well above that and start getting you know, increasing returns. With that, that was a, a $1.9 million profit um, on 84.5 million, which, which is better than it was, but it's still only 2.2% of our revenue. So we have got a long way to go. Um, I see our story as the tortoise, not the hare, and we are looking to, to gradually increase revenue, continually increase our return on that equity that we have, and continually build and acquire businesses slowly. Um, so over the next four to five years, the shareholders who who, um, who back our story can actually see a, a slow but steady return to a reasonable level. Um, a 15% operating return on equity is okay. It's not what we would like to achieve. We would like to achieve better than that, but we're, we're taking small steps. We're reinvesting and we're, we're looking to grow. Um, the board was confident enough to, to, to declare a, a dividend in, in this year. Um, we have a significant cash on our balance sheet. So we, we decided that we would pay a 25% dividend ratio this year just to reward those shareholders who have backed us for the last two or three years and, and had no return. Um, and we, we're going to start to, um, to look to move that dividend payout ratio over the next four or five years as the business matures up to a normal dividend payout ratio. But, but clearly, um, at present, our focus is on growth and reinvesting, um, but steadily increasing the dividend payout ratio. Um, our shareholders' equity as a result of reinvesting more of our profit um, grew by 6.8% to 33.2 million, and our shareholders' cash at June 30, 2020 was more than 16 million. So if you look at our balance sheet, it actually shows $22 million of cash at June 30. Um, that, that is because we held around about $6 million of client funds and AFSL holders in bonds um, for, for their equity trading. So that cash is not really ours and it sits in a as on the liability size. But what, what is ours is $16 million of cash um, we need between 7.5 million and $10 million of that for um, regulatory capital. Um, so in effect, we have around $6 million of excess cash that we can use to invest and improve our operating return on equity. So our current cash is just sitting in the bank earning nothing. We need to deploy another $6 million of what we've got there on further acquisitions. And the acquisitions that we're looking to do is, is those spokes continue to increase the uh, the volume of revenue in those spokes, but most importantly, continue to um, look to acquire advisory groups and grow the number of the licensed advisors that we provide um, services to. Jerry, Last Jerry year, I, might just, I might just jump in there on the uh, on the acquisitions. There there have been a few questions. Uh, come in on acquisitions and sort of the integrating process. I'm just, again, mindful of time that we're, um, that we're running long. Um, 
what I will do is I'll, I'll get those uh, questions through to you, and again, you can go back to the investors in your own time. But maybe just uh, quickly touch on, um, just for a second or two, uh, how you've integrated uh, some of the businesses into um, into Sequoia. Yeah, sure. So the the two the, the three major acquisitions that we made in the last twelve months was Yellow Brick Road, Libertas, and Philip Capital Advisors. Um, the Libertas license, we bought that license and we kept it, and we kept operating that that business, but but um, provided the services to the uh, to the networks through. Um, combined um, compliance team, combined uh, finance team and combined com combined admin team. With with the YBIR advisors and the Philip Capital advisors, they transferred from their past licenses to our existing licenses and they've transitioned in very well. Um, look, looking at the $85 million revenue in the last 12 months, um, we only got around six months of YBR revenue. Um, nine months of Libertas revenue and no months of Philip Capital revenue. So the upside from those three acquisitions is still to come. Um, and we will continue to look to buy businesses like that with the, with the $6 million of cash that we've got. And we're looking to pay around four times earnings and generate more than 15% um, return on capital as a result of making those acquisitions. Gotcha. All right. Perhaps just in, in, in summary from you, Gary, if, if I could, and then we'll uh, move on to our uh, final presenter. Yeah, so the, the probably the summary is, is this last chart, and I'm, I'm sorry I talked too long, but we've, we've moved from 250 advisors to 50 million revenue to 400 advisors with 100 million revenue and generating more than 5% operating profit. The opportunity is for us to own 10% of the available wealth advisory market and we're, we're targeting that over the next four years. Um, that means 1,200 advisors, $400 million of revenue, and if we can get that, we believe we can generate an 8% operating profit. Um, and that is our target. That's, a, that's $32 million um, operating profit um, opportunity. Our market cap is currently around about that level. We have $16 million of cash. Our enterprise value is therefore around about $20 million. Um, the upside for this company is very, very significant. But as I said before, we're the tortoise and not the hare. And we're looking to do that gradually over the next four years and um, make a promise and keep it. And um, then hopefully um, provide dividends to our shareholders as a result of buying and um, supporting the vision. Very, very good. Thanks for that uh, update, uh, Gary, and for the um, for the visibility into the the goals and the the targets. Um, very interesting stuff, and uh, we look forward to watching the progress there. That's all for me. Keep well and chat soon.